Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In 2015, 14 people left behind their everyday lives to take part in a brand new social experiment. Could they stay hidden for 28 days, battling against paranoia, isolation and a crack team of experts whose mission it was to hunt them down? It was a battle against the state and the platform for a programme that's since hooked a nation as viewers asked themselves one question. Do we really have what it takes to go dark? Or in the world of modern detection, would we be... Hunted. We are not going to withdraw, we are not going to lick our wounds, we are not going to solve it. I don't really trust anybody at the moment. I don't really trust anybody at the moment. I don't really trust anybody at the moment. Some chocolate orange. traditional camouflage or something inconspicuous like a clown face. When you give them one hour to leave, what do you pack first? A compass and a map? Or chocolate and whiskey? And when on the run, where's the best place to keep your toothbrush? Wash bag or dashboard? If the dashboard's for toothbrushes, what's the fuel tank for? Mm. I don't want to think about that. Welcome Welcome to to the the Hunted Hunted Podcast. Podcast. Try to play, but you're never gonna be me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me. Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me. People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy. You 
don't wanna be fast asleep when they ski. Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me. And when they try the chains, you can say no, free me. Welcome back to the Hunted Podcast. We're currently in the year 2015. Actually, it's 2023. It is right now, but in the Hunted world, we're back in 2015, re-watching series one. Carry on, I get you now. We're currently in 2015 for our rewatch of Hunted Series 1. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, and we're doing that via the power of the All 4 or Channel 4 or 4 OD, whatever, whatever it's called these days. We're doing it via the power of that app. So if you've not watched Hunted Series 1, episodes 1 to 3, three. make sure you head to the Channel 4 app or whatever it's called now and catch up before listening to this podcast. Otherwise, it might not make sense. Nope. So far, yep. we've had a Kent GP lead the hunters via a merry dance via a Bothy in Scotland. Yep. We've had two best friends <laughs> who have bickered. Yep. Bickered. Yeah. And bickered some more. Yeah. We've had two brothers yep. go on a little trip to Scotland, make one too many phone calls, ignore the advice of an expert, and then get captured in a corner shop. Yeah. And we've had two wives. We've had a wife and wife team. Catch 21 buses, nearly have a scrap with Danny and Nick, and become the first two fugitives in hunted history to get captured. I mean, at least they got something from it. Lots of bus receipts. And, you know, they were the first ever people to get captured. Yeah, no one's going to be able to ever take that away from them. No. I'm not quite sure that it's a crown that they'll want, though. What have we got this week? This week, we've got two best friends, Bickerous and more. Shock. A Ken GP leading the hunters on a bit more of a journey. Shock. Um, and we meet two new fugitives briefly. Shock. As always, if you've been following the journey and you want to share your comments, your questions, your opinions, we've got plenty of ways for you to do it. And this is how. Uh, Twitter, at HuntedPod. Instagram, at HuntedPod. Facebook, HuntedPod. And if you use that thready thing hey 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 yeah. hey hey! i actually used it this week well done there is an actual thread on there well go check out threads it's hunted pod or you can email us huntedpod at outlook.com hey 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 you know what i've been saying for like 30 odd episodes of this podcast yeah that we might get a phone number to actually yes. like get like a burner phone for the hunted podcast yeah. you'll never guess what i got this morning what a sim card to put in a phone <gasps> We now have a Hunted Podcast burner phone. There are now five ways to get in touch with us. Quick maths, well Thank done. You. But people are going to need that number. So what you need to do is you need to save us as a contact in your phone. Hunted Pod, whatever you want to uh, save us as, as. Add us on WhatsApp because we're going to be on there. That's where yeah. we'll get the majority of your messages. You can text us. Don't ring us because we won't we answer. answer. Um but text us, WhatsApp us, send us your voice notes, whatever. And this is the number for you to uh, to save, to text, to WhatsApp. Yeah, and only stuff about Hunted as well, please. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the Hunted podcast number is 07907 038211. Ooh, you've done that in a weird way. I know, I didn't know how to do it. I know, it's 5 then 3 then 3. That's what I did. Did you? No, you went, oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't know. No, you had a little gap after the 07. Yeah, you did. 07907 038 
That's 07907 038 211. I'm sure we'll say it a number of different ways, but that number one final time before we definitely move on is 07907 038211. Ooh, I, that was, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one no. either. Five them, three them, three? Yeah. Go on, one last time. <laughs> 07907 038211. If you didn't catch that, skip back 10 seconds, write it down, save it in your phone, and please send us your voice notes, yeah. your WhatsApp messages, your text messages, but do not ring us. Because no one will answer. Because nobody will answer. Oh, yeah, and please keep all conversations to hunted-related things. Yeah, otherwise we won't answer again. Absolutely. Right, you mentioned something earlier, what we had in this uh, episode. Yeah. Um, and that is... A new pair? A new pair of fugitives. I mean, we only see them very briefly. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're missing something here. What? I went, a new pair of fugitives... You should have done something. Oh, sorry. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, I'm not editing it though. Okay, sorry, everyone. We had a new pair of fugitives. Whoosh. Okay, so Stephen Hardiker, Martin Cole, a Midlands-based pair. What have we got on them? Are they cold? I believe so. Them are from a physical resource. We've not had time to look at this yet. So we're scratching about with Hardiker and Cole, aren't we? I've always been obsessed with war diaries, people's stories from the front the hardships that they entailed. And these are just normal, ordinary people enlisted, pushed into doing this extraordinary thing for their country, or the idea of being on the run. Just, I get excited now, just thinking about it. It's a nice idea, isn't it? This bloke from Warsaw was just an IT manager who were a tenner penny. He's trying to take on the state. Oh, I'm gonna give it a go, to be honest, and see if I can. Stephen Hardiker and Martin Cole. Um, Martin is an IT manager. They're best friends um, from Warsaw. So, all right, mate. All right, Stephen, mate. Shall we go on the run? <laughs> I think that's quite a good accent, a good impression, accent. to be honest. But I'm sure that Stephen and Martin or anybody from the Midlands area will completely disagree. Yeah. Now, remember the little conversation we had last week about pair numbers yeah. and continuity in the show? Yeah. What pair are these as we get introduced to them? Number five. Nope, they're pair number six. No, they're not. They're number five. According to the board, they're pair number oh. six. I know. So they're, the information that uh, we have um, as they pop up in part three, the Midlands-based best friends from Warsaw, um, they've not been seen since they went on the run, and I'm going to hand it over to you now to have a, uh, a rant, because they've not been seen since they went on the run two days ago. But everyone else is on, like, day 14, 15, and they're on pissing day two. And you got you never swear. You got angry Sorry. about that. I like Sorry. it. it may, why, are we, why are we on day two for some pairs and day 14, 15 for others? It's shocking. I, and we've still got, like, half of them to meet. Yeah. Like, why are we... Why are we... Why have we only got half and, and we're on day whatever? It doesn't make sense. I mean, we only see them for a brief period as well. Like we've we've literally got four lines written down on them. If if that all we all we've got is just about their escape. We've not got about what they do next. So they could have been easily introduced in episode one and then picked yeah. up in little updates as it goes on. And it's it's just 
frustrating. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that in future series they stop using this method and that they realise that they need to do a storyboard rather than just picking people up. Because in one scene, like in, in particular here, what I've started doing is I've started putting like in the margins okay. the part numbers of when we see it. Yeah. So we first see these in part three and at the end of like part two we're with Lauren and Emily, Emily and Lauren and we're also with Ricky who is basically on like day... 14, 15, 16 now. So we jump from like two weeks in on the run back to, to back to the start. What's the point? Because the, the hunters at that point are at completely different points. It doesn't make it feel real either. No, it doesn't. Like this one is meant to feel, I guess, more real than the rest. Yeah. Because this is a battle against the state more than anything else. There's no cash prize. No one knew what it was about. It was more about proving that you could do it than anything. Yet some people have been on the run for 14 days. Others were only just hearing about. And what you've got to remember, well, is, is here, when it comes to the hunters' processes, if they're two days in, like um, Stephen and Martin, when we, when, we pick them, when we pick them up, the hunters are also two days in because we know that, that extraction point because we know who wins this series. Yeah. We know that both of those sets of fugitives did not, in terms of when we picked them up during the series, did not come on at the same time. Yeah. But they must have started at the same time. Because, because they finished at the same time. They finished at the same yeah. time. So it just doesn't make any sense. And in terms of the Hunters as a group and as a, as a team, two days in on the run for the fugitives, they're two days into their investigations, so they're very, very busy. Yeah. Like, if we were to sort of believe the timeline of it planning out, this would be 14 days for one fugitive, but two days for those. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in terms of the chronological order of this, at this point in the show, as we're seeing it, the hunters have already hunted down um, Elizabeth and Sandra. Yeah. They've also hunted down and taken out of the game Devinda and Harinda. Yeah. So their resource, in terms of the chronologically chronological order as we're seeing it, would be more open spread because they've taken two out of the game. Yeah. But in reality, it's not because no. they're two days in, so they're running around and really busy, and it just makes it feel a little bit like, as a viewer, if you don't understand the show, it makes you feel like, well, why aren't they getting them? Because they've already taken four out of the game. It doesn't make sense. And I guess. With it being the first series as well, when it was first on, that that would have been confusing for people. Yeah. If people are stuck, if if say they know that everyone has twenty eight days, and that they've all got to get to the same extraction point, yet you're see you're in episode three and you're seeing people that are only just starting on the run, and there's no explanation that everyone started on the same day. Mm. It's going to be a little bit confusing. Yeah, I, I'd have much rather them all just got all introduced, all the fugitives in episode one, and then done like a little mini update at like the start of the show, like they do now. Yeah. And then we can pick them up later on in in the series, introducing new. I think at one point I actually said to you during the little all four adverts break, I said, "Are we actually going to get any more fugitives?" Because we yeah. we were literally like an episode three. At the end of this episode, we are at the halfway point of the series. Yeah. And to only... And some, we're still waiting for, like, what, five more? Yeah. Something like that. And for some that we've seen, they're at the they're over the halfway point. Yeah. 
So it just doesn't make sense. No. It's so confusing that my tiny brain cannot <laughs> deal with it. Speaking of brains and planning, um, what we did get on these two, um, obviously they've not been seen since they went on the run two days ago. Um, we see them running around and uh, getting all, all the stuff ready. And they ask the important questions, important for them, not for me, because I'm not a drinker, but have you got the whiskey? Mm. And they say it's important to plan, but what they're running around like headless chickens doing in the first one is, laptop, whiskey, chocolate, pants, socks. They're not doing practical things like food parcels, sleeping yeah. bag, map. Uh, contact book, map, compass, outdoor wear. And what they do, is their initial escape is to use Martin's dad's car. So there is a bit of a link there, but the hunters won't necessarily be looking for it straight away. And they do the classic dump and disappear technique and, and that's it. What's interesting about these two, I think, is Martin's job and the fact that he's an IT manager. Yes. We have to remember with this particular series, it's all um, put down to being heavily about the digital age and the digital state and things like that. So as an IT manager, I'm expecting big, big things from these in terms of making it difficult for the hunters to hack any devices that they've got, mm -hmm. making sure that they've removed traces of all messages. And remember, when you delete a message from your phone, it doesn't always delete. Clear your cache, clear all of that, do your research, making sure that those footprints that you've left are not footprints in the sand, that they're ones which have gone. They've yeah. been properly bleached, cleaned, they've been properly erased mm -hmm. and don't leave any trace. I would imagine that these two will have a bit of fun in games with the, with the cyber team yeah, and lead them on a merry dance, but... Being working at IT, I would expect Martin to be on it in terms of knowing about the digital stuff. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't want them to make any mistakes. We don't know anything about Stephen, not yet. No. We just know that they're 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 friends. No. Wait, any expectations from you from from them other than to actually maybe bloody see them on screen? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know. I don't know because we've not we've barely seen them. But from their packing skills, I think we're going to have a bit of panic from them. Yeah. They're not going to have everything that they need. Well, we'll wait and see. Hopefully we'll see more of them in the next episode. Join us next week for that. And if you want to share your thoughts on um, on them, on that, that pair of fugitives, what are you expecting from them? Make sure you get involved via social media. Or if you fancy getting your voice on the podcast, you can send us a little voice note to our brand new Hunted Burner phone number. 07907 038211. Swoosh noise. Right, moving on from one set of friends to another set of friends. Friends. Another set of friends. Let's talk <laughs> Emily and Lauren, or Lauren and Emily, or however where okay. you want to go about it. Right. So, uh, Lauren and Emily, there's been no leads on them for a while. Um, they've been doing a lot of hitchhiking to avoid CCTV and haven't used their card or ATM since the first day. Um, they've been doing a lot of jobs to get free accommodation. Classic. A lot of campsites where they've been doing odd jobs to get themselves a, a caravan for free for the night. Um, in 12 days, they have travelled 450 miles. It's a long, long way. It is. And it was a very miles. squiggly... Yeah, so they've sort of been 
almost erratic with it yeah. and, and not followed a straight path. Yeah. And I think that comes more from... Emily. Yeah, there we go. Just remember erratic Emily. Erratic Emily. Um, so we see them in a caravan again. Um, and Lauren treats herself to a little day out. Yeah, she says she's feeling trapped. I find this interesting now because they're 12 days in as we see them. Um, they've spent a lot of time with each other. As we've seen in the opening two episodes so far, they bicker a lot and they're really getting under each other's skins. It is really difficult to understand how these two are best friends. But I guess some of the bestest of friends do fight, I guess. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Lauren is really starting to feel trapped and wants uh, to get out and wants to leave Emily behind a little bit. Not in terms of a, a, a split, but she just wants her own headspace. And I think that's important when you're on the run. Yeah. But that comes with a caveat, which I'll come to later on. Um, but yeah, you you really do need to have that little bit of a headspace because she says something along the lines of, I can't keep spit, spit, I can't keep sitting in a cardboard box. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Lauren goes off and treats herself to a day out and then we see Emily in the caravan. So we have Emily saying that she doesn't want to do it with Lauren anymore and we see Emily moaning quite a lot about Lauren and this annoyed me. So Emily was moaning about Lauren going off and having a day in a village um, really not something that that would risk them being found you when you think about what lauren's done which is oh, where yeah. i'm going yeah so no when you think about what emily's done sorry. i got what you meant yeah the phone the constant yeah, phone calls so emily's moaning about lauren just wanting some time to herself and you know calling her everything yet emily is forgetting that they have had to move multiple times because she keeps calling home. Yeah. She's the one who has put them at risk, yet she's the one moaning about Lauren going out and saying that they're now at risk. And you can really sort of see their friendship starting to wane now. And I think what I was getting to before was obviously that she wanted some time alone and time apart for it. Well, now she's pretty much got it because yeah almost as soon as lauren is out the door like you said emily's like i think i want to leave lauren behind yeah. i think i want to want to split and if i'm honest i think watching it back and reflecting on the notes that i've made now the whole extreme paranoia thing about her thinking that they've been followed and and, and they're going to be on the, the the tails and all that i think she uses she plays up to that a little bit i think she almost uses that as as a bit of an excuse to get away and to run away from yeah. from from Lauren I think she's just so annoyed with her she wants to almost take her out of the game Probably. and I, I think if this had been series two onwards where the cash prize was was mm -hmm. there I think I'd have been able to back that up a little bit more because by taking her out of the game she's, she's getting a larger cut getting a larger cut and it is a little bit of bit of that and Emily's like the whole thing's completely fucked we have to go right now and it's just extreme paranoia yeah. um of where she goes and she just trots off with no regard whatever for um for for for, for meeting up again nope. she doesn't give a toss about Lauren at that no. point 
she's she she could not care less if she got caught. No. Nope. She just wants she's it's self-centered and she wants to to get out of there. Yeah. And for that to do to your best friend, I think is completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. Like all right, we're in a relationship, so I think that would be wrong, but even if we were friends, like I would not I'd let you go out for the day or whatever, mm. but I would not let you go without saying, right, well, let's have a prearranged meet-up point. Yeah. If I'm not there, let's have a prearranged... Yeah. I'll leave you a signal and have a backup plan of yeah. somewhere to go because I care for your welfare. Yeah. And for her to not care about her friend's welfare and basically just go, well, the whole thing's completely fucked now and go into a mad-ass reaction yeah. just shows that self-centered point i think yeah yeah she's not thinking about um lauren she's just thinking about herself and you can see you've seen that sort of throughout the whole the previous episodes where she's phoned home and not thought about what it means and her excuse all the time is well i, I, I want to hear about, about my son we get that that's absolutely fine but also Lauren will want to hear from her family. Yeah. She'll want to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it's give or take. You know what you've signed up for. Mm -hmm. And that's a, uh, a selfish act. And we even see Lauren at some point call her out on it in, in the early, early episodes. Well, we yeah. can't stay here now. We've, we've, risked, we've risked this. We've, we've risked that. And, yeah. and what have you. And I don't know. I just, I just can't. I, I I draw parallels to the latest Celebrity Hunter when you had um, Bobby and then he, they split up. Yeah. Well, you know, they, who was he with? Saffron. Saffron, sorry. I was going to say Amy, but it wasn't. It was Katya and Amy. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't remember. I had a temporary brain fart there. <laughs> um, yeah, so when he was with Saffron, you could see that he knew when he got towards the end of the, the game that it was going to be that they it was the right thing to do yeah. to, to split up but at no point i think would it have crossed his mind to be self-centered and, and, and just go no. whereas with these two with emily in particular it is very much that she just yeah. wants to get out of there and 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 get away from it and she comes back and i think it's quite telling the fact that when lauren does decide to go back after her whole um clown face thing yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute um she just basically stood there like well i don't know what to do now but also she wasn't surprised yeah it's like she was sort of expecting it like she was expecting her to not be there when she got back but she was gone and we even see a little bit later on once they've both like split and they found their you know new places um she even says that she's happier yeah now that they're split, she was sat on a rock and she was happy. Mm, very much so. Uh, let's talk about Lauren's little day trip, though, shall yes, we? Yes, she goes to a village fete. Love a village fete. Do you know what? I don't think villagers do them much anymore. No, you don't get them much anymore. Always get a tombola and win some crap prize, but you always feel yes. like, you know. There's always a cake stall. Yeah, and homemade fudge. Yeah. Ooh, homemade you always fudge. get a WI stand. Yeah. Jam tarts and... Yeah. Good cake. Sandwiches. Nowhere near as nice as yours. Thank you. Not that I've had one for a while to sample. Oh, 
but yeah, she goes to the village bay and she finds a face painter. And when you're on the run, what you do is you get your face painted like a clown. Do you know what? This is the only thing where I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like I get the whole going out for a day and having a little bit of time for yourself and just milling around. And she doesn't really speak to anyone. No. She keeps her head down and she just has a nice walk out. I and think she has a drink at some point. Yeah. And, and she just keeps herself to herself. But the whole face paint thing. <laughs> why the fuck is a middle-aged woman with no kids, by the way, no, no kids with her or anything like that, <laughs> on her own, why the fuck is a middle-aged woman got a face painted like a clown? That's drawing attention to herself left, right and, and centre. A little bit, yeah, but... Yeah. If anything, I would have expected Emily to do that and not Lauren. Because it's, it's almost erratic. Yeah. But I think she does it with good spirits and um, she's almost like a sad clown. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's it. I think it's just like a way to get out of herself. Yeah. To forget the situation that she's in and just sort be of... Be silly. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be silly. You know, this, the pressures in life, sometimes you just got a, on a, a weekend go to an arcade and throw a ball at a clown's face. Yeah. It, sometimes you just got to get it out of your system and maybe that's exactly what she was doing. You know who I feel not sorry for, who I feel good for mm. in all of this? It's the camera operator that made the conscious decision on the day where Lauren decided to go for a walk. I feel, I feel good for them because they've no longer got to put up with Emily. Yeah, like, I'm going to go with Lauren. The spare can stay here. Yeah, and the person that's now stuck with Emily... Yeah. I hope you've got some chocolate. Yeah, you're going to need it. Um, and then, yeah, so that's it. She gets back and obviously Emily's done one and yep. she's just sort of unsure of what to do. And she, yep. But she's, I think she just has that realisation of, well, that's that then. I can't change Can't change this. I can't, can't do that. I am where I am. I am what I'm doing. We'll just have a, have a cup of tea and chill out and then have a little think about what we're going to do. Yeah, and she does have a little think about what she's going to do and she books herself a taxi. Yeah. And this whole thing of them splitting up, Emily's decision to, yeah. to do one and to, to, to split yeah. the two up, I actually think it works out better for Lauren than it does for Emily. Okay. Because she sort of see, she she sort of sprints off, running down the, the lane. Oh, this is completely fucked. We're, we're going to get captured any day soon. Mm. This, this, this and this. And we see her later in the, in the show whilst Lauren is, you know, chilling out on the top of a rock having some really good mental space. Yeah. You see Emily panicked and failing to get help. They've, so far they have um, managed to get like lifts and things like that yeah. and hitchhike and things like that. But as a pair, I think it's easy to do. As an yeah. individual who, and I don't mean this in a nasty negative way, but Emily comes across as quite erratic and quite, not batshit crazy, but like eccentric a little you bit can, you can see while she stood at the side of the road it's not like a like a like a friendly like yeah excuse me can you stop it's very much like hands in the air waving really really quickly trying to get someone to stop and that's not gonna make you stop at any point now as a driver i'd be like lock the doors yeah i'd be locking the door straight 
straight away like, nah, she ain't getting in my car. And you'd just be thinking, what on earth is she she doing? Yeah, I think seeing her on her own by the side of the road is more likely to drive me to contacting like the police or an ambulance thinking that she needed like help. Yeah. Rather than give her a lift somewhere. And if they, I don't know whether they do or not, because I can't remember from when we first watched it. Mm -hmm. We'll get the answers next week when we watch it. If the hunters at that point would have done a media campaign and put her photo out there, that's an image that would yeah. stay in my head. Crazy blonde lady, constantly trying to get lifts. And then I'd be picking up the phone and going, yeah, I've seen her yeah. at this place. I have actually got on here, target on social media. Yeah, they did, didn't they? So actually? I think they do target them on social media. And I think HQ then get information that they have split from the sightings of them. Yeah. obviously you're going to get sightings of them in two different places. So I think um, I've got HQ Believe separate. Yes. And I think I'd missed that because it was it was underneath the microphone wire, so I couldn't <laughs> see it. Um, but I can see it now. Um, so let's bring ourselves back up to speed with where they are. They've split up. Yeah. Emily hitchhikes with gospel mates singing Oh Happy Days and says things like I feel free. Um, 13 miles away, Lauren was still at the holiday park where they'd left um, and she thinks that the hunters have been and gone. So she decides to uh, get a cab ride, a £100 cab ride to the Peak District. I think this is going to come back to bite her on the arse. I think a cab ride was the wrong thing to do, yeah. especially straight to that location. Yeah. I think she should have dropped and then made other arrangements possibly yeah because if they pick that up they're going to be able to trace that and that's going to give them a hot lead yeah possibly we'll have to wait and see we will um and like you say hey you have no fresh leads but on socials uh, they've put out things to do that and i put down there that it's a different twitter account from what we see now I didn't see it say Hunted HQ. I think it was something like The Search HQ. Ooh. So it may have even been. This is where we could really want to like speak to the initial producers mm -hmm. and maybe some people that worked on the show in that early series in head office. Might have been even when it was filmed inten intended to be called something else. Yes. Because of course at the time of filming didn't know what it was going to be. When you film something, mm -hmm. you never really... You've got a brief of what you want, but you never really really know what you want it to become. No. So I noticed on the little screenshots that it was The Search HQ. So maybe the initial show was going to be called The Search. Search. Yeah, yeah. Bit possibly. of pointless fact spotting for you there. Possibly. We, we may know one day. We yeah. might not. We will make it our business to know one day. <laughs> Who do we know that we may, may know? We know a few people. We'll yeah, make some calls. Yeah. We'll make some inquiries. Okay. Anyway, the Search HQ have uh, got some uh, feedback. And like you say, it suggests that they've split. And I think that this is going to be a critical part in the game now because the hunters know straight away. Often when you split, the hunters don't always know. And it gives you that little bit of advantage because rather than looking in for two people. Yeah. You know, rather than looking for one person, they're looking for two. Yeah. But... The hunters suggest they split, which will tell them a lot about their potential relationship splitting down. Mm -hmm. It will tell you a lot about how they're thinking. And given the, the moves which Emily has already made, with the phone calls, 
and the erratic behaviour that she's shown so far, yeah. she's likely going to want to reach out again now that she's on her own. Yes. And that will re I think that will put her under the spotlight. And I think they'll focus more on Emily than what they will on Lauren. Yes, possibly. Yeah. So we will see what happens um, with that. Um, so Lauren's in the Peak District. That's where we leave it. Emily is panicked and failing to get help. What do you think will happen next with these two? Hmm. I think um, Emily is going to go and visit her son. I think we will see her go home. I, I just, with the amount of phone calls she made in the first few days, she's going home. Hmm. Lauren's, I think she's going to go and have a few days out somewhere, be in the wilderness. I think we'll possibly see her miss people. But Emily's going home. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. We'll find out next week. And a reminder, if you want to share your views on uh, Emily and Lauren um, and the moves they made in th this episode, future episodes or the episodes we've watched so far, please do feel free to get in touch via all the usual methods, including our brand new phone number service thing. 07907. 038211 is the number to send your WhatsApp voice messages, your text messages, etc. etc. to. And you can also get us on the old social medias Twitter at 100pod, Instagram at 100pod, Facebook 100pod, Threads 100pod, or email 100pod at outlook.com. Attention turns to fugitives Emily Dredge and Lauren English, who have evaded capture for 12 days. There have been no leads on their whereabouts for almost a week. Emily and Lauren have kept off the hunter's radar by hitchhiking, avoiding CCTV cameras, and being careful with their money. They haven't had to use a cash machine since their first day on the run. Instead, they've scrubbed, shoveled, and strimmed their way across the country in return for free accommodation. It's just incredible. Thank you so much. Despite doing so well, the shadow of the hunters is never far away. Emily and I are so stressed. I don't want to feel like this. You know, I'm trapped. I'm trapped. And every time you feel comfortable for five minutes, you've got to go. I'm going to escape for the day. Can't sit in a cardboard box all day. It's driving me insane. Okay. How long will you be? All day. What? All day. I think I'll be depressed if I stay on my own. I think I should come with you. I'd like to go on my own. You get to the stage where you're in each other's space so much that you just start annoying each other to the point where if I laugh, Emily's like, can you stop that? Do you imagine it? The SWAT team running through the cream tea, screwing up the WI display. It's not like we're on holiday having fun. It's not like that. There's people after you and you have to get away and you both have to make the right choices and the right decisions in order to survive. And I can't think straight. You're holding each other back. You don't want to do it with Lauren anymore. Without any thought or consideration, she's gone off. I have no idea what time she's going to be back. And I'm sitting here completely vulnerable. The whole thing's completely fucked. Do you think the hunter's going to be close by? Yeah, right now. I'm not being funny, but we have to go. We're going to have to leave Lauren. Lauren's just got a court. Lauren really thinks it's a good idea to fuck off. I'm just, she can think that's a good idea, because I'm not going to be here when she gets back. Fuck this. A big factor for fugitives going on the run is the paranoia that kicks in, and I can't stress enough that it is an extreme paranoia. Shit, 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 shit. They truly believe that everyone that's looking at them, every car that drives past, every aircraft that's up in the air, is watching them. And that causes more stresses and anxieties, and again, feeds into the whole psychological pressure, which helps us. 
What made you think they were there? Got feeling. Got feeling. We knew exactly where we were. They were just closing in on us. Emily's got spooked. Emily's packed her bags. Probably jumped over the bloody fence for all we know. Next minute she's in a car with somebody. And we're probably coming over the field the other way. But now she's bait. Got to get as far away from here as possible. Since splitting up with her best friend, Lauren, Emily has continued to hitchhike. Today's like the first day I feel happy, Emily. Genuinely happy. I feel free. 13 miles away, Lauren is still where Emily left her, at the caravan park, where the pair believe the hunters had them cornered. Lauren decides to blow £100 on a cab ride south to the Peak District, where she's intending to camp. She's convinced the hunters are watching her every move. In fact, HQ haven't had a lead on Emily and Lauren for some time. But the hunters have targeted the pair on social media in an effort to get a lead on their whereabouts. So we've got 143 more shares on this. And then we've had a couple of people that have said they've seen them in a couple of different areas. The reported sightings indicate Emily and Lauren are traveling independently, leading HQ to believe they may have gone their separate ways. I wouldn't be surprised if they're split up because of the intensities and the pressures. Every day, because of the arguments and the confrontation, and I couldn't reflect on anything. So every day I just wanted to go home. I just give up. You just can't be bothered with all the tensity. She's worried, and I'm depressed. Now I'm not depressed. <laughs> now I'm sat on a rock. It'd be nice if she was here. I don't know where she is. I'm quite worried. Hello? Can you stop? Excuse me? Excuse me? state of minds, uh, however, probably going to work to our advantage. So we now move from two solo fugitives now, because right. they are, yeah. to another solo fugitives who yeah. last time was causing some, um, some hunters. A bit of a headache, wasn't he? A little bit, yeah. Shall we remind ourselves of where we are with Dr Ricky Allen? We can do. So he's tricked the hunters into visiting a bothy in Scotland. He was there but wasn't there. Um, and he is still in Scotland, but he's just moved himself a little bit. He's no longer on land. He's now on water, on a boat. Yes, a doctor on a boat. And I think we really start to see in this episode with Ricky Allen that the hunters are determined to catch him. Mm -hmm. They're really, really determined. And to do that, they're really starting to drill down into his psyche a little bit. Yeah. We get Ben talking about there must be more to it than not being found. Yeah. Um, Blexley calls him um, potentially a miserable, old, uh, a grumpy, miserable old git. Um, and but then he says you can't call him an old git because he was born in the same year as him. Yeah, Blexley. <laughs> Well played. Um, and yeah, we sort of catch up with him on Drew Mc McFarlane Slack's boat um, in Loch Linny or Loch Lynn. Loch Lynn, yeah, something like that. And he's in a reflective mood um, with uh, the hunters 20 miles away and Blex decides to use um, the first public appeal to try and smoke him out. Yes, we have a £250 reward. Um, and Blex gets himself on the radio. Yes, he does. Um, and just by sheer chance, I mean, this has to be a setup, obviously. <laughs> um, Ricky is listening to the radio, and um, it's uh, it, it's quite funny um, because you get 
Ricky sort of saying, for £250, surely someone wouldn't do that. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. 250 quid's up for grabs. Yeah. For ratting out a person, a fugitive, mm -hmm. in terms of this game, that's, well, in, I think, because I think if you say it about a crime, yeah. I think the answer's obvious. So in yeah. terms of this game, 250 quid, the information that directly leads to a capture. You've seen him, you know where he is, mm -hmm. you maybe even have spoken to him, you know where potentially he's going. Mm -hmm. 250 quid, ratting him out or helping him on his way? I think if I've spoken to him and he's been like rude or demanding or hasn't been polite to me, straight away I'm ratting him out. If you're not polite to people that you want help from, don't bother. I'm writing you out. Of what you've seen of Ricky Allen so far, yeah. and the way he is with people, what do you think your thought process would be? I don't know. You see, I think I might with him. You know, because of how he looks. And this is going to sound really judgmental. <laughs> That's not like you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he just sort of, he has... I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to say it, but he has. I that, know exactly what you want to say, but I'm not he, helping he you. So I want to watch you dig a grave. He has that look. What of, look? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A weirdo. <laughs> he looks like a weirdo. All right. He looks like a weirdo. <laughs> Ricky Allen looks like a weirdo. He's the kind of person that if I saw him on the street and he's, you know, he's not shaved for a while. He's probably not had a proper wash for a while. His clothes are probably a bit scruffy. I'd look at him and think, I ain't going near him. Please don't come near me. Please don't speak to me. No, 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 don't speak to me. And then if I heard them like appealing and described him and I'd seen him, I'd maybe just go, oh, and he looks like a weirdo. He probably is a weirdo. So I'll phone. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, what would I do in that situation? I don't know. You do. Well, right now I'm unemployed, so 250 quid would be very, very welcome. <laughs> um, so I'll take, I'll be bringing up that number and yeah. uh, grasping him right up. Uh, BT dubs, never going to use that again. By the way, um, if you do need any marketing jobs doing, uh, please email huntedpod at outlook.com.
Nearly job. Right, moving on. Uh, back to Ricky Allen. Uh, talking of people doing the job, um, we get to see a little bit more of uh, our friend Steve Cotton in this episode. We do. And he delivers an absolute corker, right? Yeah. So he's going around the pubs, going around the villages, showing people the picture of Ricky Allen. Yeah. Um, and he says, oh, this is a £250 reward and offer. And someone goes, dead or alive. <laughs> and he goes, preferably alive. Preferably. Preferably alive. If you can bring his body, we'll still probably give you the money. I'm not being funny, right? we'll also have to report you. Again, don't want to be too judgmental, but certain areas of Scotland... I don't think that's a question. Right? So, like, <laughs> preferably alive. What fucking show are Channel 4 trying to put together here? That's, that's a whole different warning at the start of the show. Power, powers of the state may be replicated. By the way, there might be a murder. <laughs> so they're sort of like, they're not just replicating powers of the state. They're going towards like the film The Purge, where for something like 12 hours, all sort of, all crimes of a certain level are legal. So you can murder people legally for like 12 hours. So it's sort of like the mix in the two. Like if you find them, you may kill them. We'll still give you 250 quid. I mean... Preferably alive, <laughs> Steve. Genius, right? <laughs> um, so, Blexley's little time on the radio, it gets them a sort of lead. Yeah. Um, so they get a call from a taxi driver who says that he's dropped Ricky Allen and an unknown female. At 2200 hours. At 2200 hours at a B&B. Um, so Steve and Nathan get in a car and off they pop to the B&B. But they don't go in. No, they don't. They send in their assistant. <laughs> really don't like this. No. I have a real issue with this, right? So we've met the ground, some of the ground hunters. They're all lovely, yes. lovely people. And they're all experts in their field in their own equal right. Mm -hmm. The fact that in this series, they have assistants and aren't just all treated as one. No, that's I don't not. like it at all. Because we know that they all treat each other as one. Yeah. So, no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. But they send in an assistant, may I say, who just happens to be a woman. Yeah. Slight... So, I mean, it probably wasn't intended. No, but, you know, we've got an assistant, we're going to send in a woman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she goes in. Elle Tabaret, if you want to know her name. Elle goes in, um, takes her picture, shows it to the um, person who opens the door at the B&B, and we've got a case of, of mistaken identity. Yeah. Ricky Allen has a doppelganger. Yeah. Ish. Who were... Uh, who likes to point out that he is not 55. Yeah. And it's very clear that he is definitely not 55. Yes, he likes to put... He's straight in on that. If anything, like, I'm going to put I'm him... not 55. I'm, I'm going to put him maybe 35. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, so we have a mistaken identity. And again, no idea where Ricky is. No. Uh, Ricky is actually heading down south, or that he's decided to head south. Uh, and he rings, uh, he does his usual thing of going to a call box and rings his friend Mike to get Emma Jane, his wife, mm -hmm. to leave £150 by the lawnmower in the log shed. Now, I like this. I like this a lot. 
We know that he wants to head home, maybe yeah. potentially see the kids and uh, his wife, but he's taking no chances. He knows that her phone is likely yes. to be compromised. Um, so what he's doing is calling other people who yeah. might not be on the radar. He's going the outside circle, <laughs> and I think he will. I think he will have briefed his friends enough to not go. Yeah, Mike, uh, yeah, can you get Emma Jane to uh, leave £150 by the lawnmower in the log shed? And then Mike goes, hi, Emma Jane, I've just spoken to Ricky. Yeah, no. I don't think, it, I think they're very much, uh, it'd probably go round yeah, or probably, whatever. Yeah, Um. Then we get to see that Ricky's pay-as-you-go phone is now at HQ. Yes, now. I didn't spot the pay-as-you-go pay get picked up last time. No, me neither. I didn't know he'd left it. No, and he did leave it. It wasn't them finding it. It wasn't an accident. He left it on purpose. Yes. And this... Because he left them a little message. Is Ricky's downfall. Yes. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. So, um, HQ get the pay-as-you-go. But HQ are clever here. They get a new number. Is it, by any chance... 07907038211. No, it is not. That's our number. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, they get a new number and they pretend to be Ricky. So they look through the messages that he's previously sent to try and sort of learn his language and learn how to speak like him, text like him, so that they can... Um, well, so they emulate don't call. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they send a message out that says something like phone fuck to use this one now or something along those lines. Um, so it gets sent out to all the contacts in the burner phone. Um, and Ricky meets up with Drew, I believe, yeah. who has received or his wife has received the num the text message. Um, asks Ricky if he's got a new phone and Ricky suddenly discovers shit they've been a little bit tricky i don't trust anyone anymore yeah and that don't trust anyone anymore that's a big big thing for me with ricky in the final part of the show um because um we see him again we pick him up in part three at a phone box and um that habit has uh, come back to bite him on the arse Initially using phone boxes, there were more of them in 2015. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to ramble and talk through my thoughts. Yeah. Um, could you do a little bit of Google research, please? Yeah. And find out how many active phone boxes there are in the UK. And then I'll, oh, have, I'll have a guess. Before you do that, what do you? how many do you think there are? How many phone boxes do you think... How many active phone boxes do you think there are in the UK? 37. Okay. I'll have a guess later. Mm -hmm. You have a little Google. Um, what I was going to say about Ricky Allen in the meantime is with his phone box habit, he constantly goes there and he, to, to use different ones, we see him in the previous episode say that this phone box is hot, um, so they'll be coming for me now or whatever. Um, but he has been captured on CCTV. Now he makes a big error with this. So far, Ricky's weapon in his armory has been the car. Having the car there, being able to not be tracked on AMPR, having somewhere to sleep if necessary, and most importantly, having having a clean, effective way of getting from A to B, um, I think really, really has helped him out. 
but he's made a schoolboy error and he's parked the car right next to the phone box mm -hmm. and it has been captured on CCTV and the number plate is well within the CCTV um, range and view and therefore as he is finishing the phone box sees him getting in the car and therefore that car is now associated to him and therefore is hot um error mistake we'll talk about that in a minute let's get the answer to the phone box question have you got an answer i have actually got an answer yes i am going to say that it is over 180 it is over 180 i think it's more than what you're actually going to think it is i was going to say but around maybe 200 all right 273 it's a hell of a lot more than that so this is an article from august of this year um because bt are trying to sell off the red phone boxes to raise money for local communities yeah probably turn them into like little pay-as-you-go costas and bfib places yeah and little yeah. book swaps i love a book swap. um according to bt currently there are twenty thousand working phone booths remain in operation which is down from a hundred thousand in the 1990s not a chance that there's how many did you say twenty thousand that is mad yeah wow i i didn't i mean not all of them will, will work and i guarantee of that twenty thousand that all twenty thousand will stink of piss yeah um but yeah so there's twenty thousand out there <laughs> at the minute and if you live in a community where there's a red one um they're about to turn a hundred and you can pay you can buy them for just a pound to help preserve their heritage in rural locations wow okay interesting so that's my little bit of uh, useless facts i guarantee that nobody will have got that number i would i guarantee that everybody will have gone somewhere around 500 well i think i thought about like when you walk around town i can only think of like one where i've seen one in town god i've lived in mansfield all my life and now i'm trying to scramble like, to think about where there is one i can only think of one and I don't even know if that works. Yeah, I, I can't. No, I can't. Is there one near the theatre? Is that where you're thinking? No, I'm thinking of opposite, well, opposite what was Wilco's. Oh, Wilco's. What, old Wilco's or current Wilco's? Current, oh, I didn't know there was somewhere else. Yeah, it used to be a furniture store. Oh, okay. Uh, current Wilco's. Well, it is a furniture store. Current Wilco's. Um, opposite there. Oh. There's one just there. I only know because I walk past it when I get off the bus. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's about uh, nightclubs around there. People mm. losing the phones, ringing, ringing for taxis. <laughs> right. Let's we'll get back to the conversation. Yes. Uh, Ricky Allen uh, mistakes CCTV car number plate now on a yeah. AMPR. I had Ricky down as smarter than that and i think you know what's happened here complacency meets tiredness yep he's got comfortable and he's forgot um and yeah he's he's on a ampr they also get mobile ampr situated on all of the exits from where they believe he is yeah because obviously they pinpointed him in certain locations 
Um, and uh, the mobile AMPR thing is a big, big hit for them. Um, yes. And I think it's a real critical thing because there are mobile NPR cameras on there. And what Ricky, I think, is banking on by being up in Fort William and up in that Scotland area is a lot of back roads where traditional NPR won't be. Yes. So getting them out of those in those rural, more rural areas, I think, is key. And Well, it is key because it pays off. It does. So Ricky um, pays a last visit to Drew and Christine. Now, what we see um, when we go back to HQ is that Drew or Christine, her, I th believe it was Christine went and drew some money out for him. Mm. So they caught their car near the ATM and so already had their, their registration number on monitoring, on tracking, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Ricky goes to pay them a visit. He has a little complaint about the radio stuff and him being in newspapers and calls them probably some name or something i just didn't get it written down no me neither um and drew offers to drive ricky um i believe he offers to drive him to glasgow yeah glasgow yeah. train station and this is the mistake because this... ricky is now doubting himself because he yeah. originally had plans to hike yeah and do you know what he's now doing again complacency tiredness and i, I actually do think that the media campaign's been effective you can yeah. see it rattles him and I think what's going through his head at this point is if I hike, that puts me in more danger of more people I don't know than trying to chase that reward. Mm -hmm. And it's that trust element where actually I think he'd have been a lot better off doing that. Yeah. Because he'd, he'd have hiked, it'd have been harder for people to, harder for the HQ to trace number plates and things like yeah. that. And he would have had a bit more of an advantage. Yeah. But by sticking with his friends and by sticking with Mike, it makes Ricky as a person feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more safe. Mm -hmm. But what it actually does is it starts... Well, it, it is the the straw which starts to break the camel's back. Yeah. Um, so... It's the first of two bad decisions yeah. for him. So obviously Drew's car gets monitored. Um, they're able to see where he's going and track... M8, Junction 16 track that he's off to Glasgow so we get ground hunters following him um obviously he then gets dropped off at Glasgow train station which is a major transport hub which will be covered littered in CCTV yeah. even in places that don't look like cameras yeah so before Ricky's even there HQ are keeping a watch on all of the major transport hubs so you know train station bus station anything like that they're keeping a watch on it um they get a positive sighting of Ricky at Glasgow train station. Platform one to London Euston. And um, we get a positive idea of Ricky. He's at the train station. We get ground hunters sent there. However, they miss the train by minutes. And then we find out that Ricky is on a London bound train. Yes. And obviously with that, the hunters can prepare. Yes. London to um, Glasgow to London Euston by train yeah research please um, if we were to get a train tomorrow from glasgow train station to london euston how long would it take because that is essentially the time that the hunters have and this is i think where his decision making um is a little bit off again i think what he should have done is he should have had a little um what's the word i'm looking for uh, 
switch little um, laid a little trap. We we see that he's been so good at laying traps and things for them. He should have like done a double bluff, maybe gone to the train station, but then mm -hmm. like got on the train, but then walked down a carriage and got off. So yeah. he stayed and then got on, then snuck to another platform and got on another train to somewhere else. Yeah. Anyway, London, Glasgow to uh, London, Euston, please. Um, you're looking at about an average of four and a half to five hours. Let's say average five hours. Yeah. The hunters have now got five hours to prepare for him to get off at London, Euston and to, yeah. and to plan their trap mm -hmm. and to plan their capture. Now, there are several stations yes. which Ricky could get off of on yes. the journey. And he had had a plan to get off at a station but the hunters have riled him he was yeah. scared not trusting anyone yeah he wanted to get home he wanted to get to that that 150 quid that safety of seeing his wife and the kids and um yeah he i think maybe a little bit complacent still yeah um Definitely tired, definitely rattled, but his plan was to get off at Milton Keynes. Mm -hmm. And had he got off at Milton Keynes or at any stop prior to London Euston, I think we'd still be looking for Ricky Allen. Yeah, I think he, he would have been well away, but he didn't. He stayed on the train and went to London Euston, which, you know, is his downfall because we had a hell of a lot of hunters at london euston we did and he knows he's a sitting duck um and they've now got the time to prepare for it and like i say a lot of hunters there and we see our old mate paul cashmore get sent yeah. with a bex mason yes different bex though different bex different bex not our bex no, who we had on the the show a few weeks ago if you want to watch those well, that two-part interview with her and JP, it's a brilliant interview, um, lots to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's in our podcast feed. It is. Go and watch it, go yeah, and listen to it. Find it. Um, but it's not that one. No. So we had Paul, we had Ben, we had Steve. Did you write everybody down? I did, yeah. Uh, well, I got Paul, Ben, Steve, Dave, Julie. Um, which Steve? Miley Steve? Correct, use his proper Smiley name. Steve. Smiley Steve went out and Dave, Julie. Get your coats. But it wasn't that It moment. wasn't that moment. They were all waiting. So we had uh, Ben covering a platform, Steve at the exit, Dave and Julie on the platform as well. Um, they had Houston fully covered. They wanted to execute the capture without anyone noticing because important point, train station, London, armed police yeah and there are tens of thousands of people who passed through there every yeah. day so getting it right was absolutely critical yes. don't want to break the fourth wall too much but they had five hours effectively to plan that capture at some point the production team will have phoned london houston and the police the actual police mm. to let them know what was yeah. what was happening yeah. however i will guarantee you this and i'll be shocked if i'm proved wrong Every train station you go to, there will be captures, arrests, which are made, which the police police, that we mm -hmm. perceive to be police, 
won't know about yeah. and that London Euston and those train station staff senior staff won't know about yeah because there are undercover operations oh, left yeah. right and center definitely definitely your bigger stations 100% because you don't know what's going off in every like corner of it um but yes yeah, so the train pulls up platform three. Oh, wait, hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on um, do we know what time he left um, Glasgow? No, sorry. Wait, can we try and fit? I'm trying to figure it out. Um, well, let's hang on. Uh, I had fourteen twenty-five possible sighting at the um, at the train station. CCTV confirms. So let's say the fifteen hundred. Okay. Okay. So the train pulls in. Now Ricky doesn't get off the train from the carriage that he was sat in. He walks through the train because we see him walk through first class. Yeah. So he walks to the front of the train um, to get off. Now, I think if he'd have maybe gotten off at the back and had been among everyone, he might have had a bit more of a chance. But by walking through the train, the platform's quite empty by the time he gets off. Yeah. So it's easier for them to spot him. Yeah. And he he needed to be within people. Yeah. And because when there's tens of thousands of people passing through every day, it would have made it a lot more harder for the hunters to execute. Yeah. And it might have given him a fighting chance. He walks straight past Ben. Yep. Who clocks him. Mm. And then walks straight past Julie. Mm-hmm. But as he walks past Julie, Ben slithered around the corner. He's got his hands on him and he's nice and calmly. Your time on the run is over, my friends. Yeah. By the way, that's the first time we ever hear that phrase. And that is where that phrase for me was born. Your time on the run is over, my friend. My friend. Um, and, that is, uh, and that is it. He does potentially try and run, but Ben's very quick to yeah. calm him and sort Ben's of say... Like, Let's get out of here. There's armed police, let's get out of the station, let's not cause a fuss. Um, and then I've got, I think it might be a Blexley comment um, that is 1-0 to the dimwits. 1-0 to the dimwits, love it. Um, I think we know what this episode is now going to be called. 1-0 uh, <laughs> to the dimwits. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting you see about this because, again, what we have to remember about this show at this point is that we don't know what it's going to turn out to be. Yeah. I mean, as mentioned by The Search HQ in terms mm -hmm. of the name and, and stuff. And now in our series, in the series that we used to watch in, it's very much HQ stay in HQ and do not assist with captures. Yeah. The captures is very much the ground hunters. Yeah. But in this, and I think in the next maybe two series, yeah, we get the occasional ground team yeah. going out. Which I think helps when it's London because they can, they can, possibly get there quicker than waiting for a ground team to make their way and let's not forget at this point as well in hunted history there's only what four ground teams anyway yeah that are covering the entirety of the uk that are looking for let's say an average of six teams at this point yeah because we don't we don't know whether the others have been captured no, yet or not. No, we've got no idea. Because the fucking chronological <laughs> ordering, the stupid way that the, the show shows it. But you've still got a very thin resource. Yeah. And one of which is up in Scotland. Because mm. we see them at the other end, missing him by moments. Yeah. And by car, 
they're not going to get to London no. as quickly. No way are they. So that's there. one team already out of the game. So yeah. they need to, at the other end, get some resource yeah. there. They've obviously got one ground team there in terms of having Cashmore and other Becks. Other Becks. Sorry. I mean, I'm sure you're a lovely person, but you're not our Becks. But you're other Becks. You're other Becks. Um, but yeah, so it's nice to see. I like seeing HQ going out. Yeah. Because it shows that they're not just like the computer based looking for people yeah they can actually do the groundwork as well i do feel like the current series and the current setup has maybe isolated them a little bit more mm, um yeah. i mean you've got we've obviously got far more ground teams now mm. but i think what highlights in this is that they've got that skill set as well as beautifully executed by ben He's standing there, he's watching, he's not making himself obvious. Ricky no. doesn't clock him, other people don't clock him. He orchestrates that whole thing in the office saying, right, you cover this, you cover that, you do this, you do that. And it's just re a real good team effort. And I think sometimes, especially now as we watch Hunted, we're railroaded into this thing of, oh, you, you're only capable of doing the cyber work. Mm. You're only capable of doing a psychological profile. You're only capable of, um, you know, doing doing this and that. Yeah. Um, you're and then the ground team are only capable of doing, of basically doing the capture, yeah. acting on the information. It's not. It's a big team effort. Yeah. And we see this a lot, a lot more. And if we don't know what's going to happen with with Hunted at the minute, we obviously know that we've still got two series left to to air. A civilian one which was filmed um last year yeah. um, and a celeb one which was filmed earlier this yeah. year we don't know when they're going to air on channel four we don't know if there'll be a future for it on channel four after this no and if it does move to another network yeah one thing i would ask the producers to do or beg the producers to do is bring back some of this original hunted the search mentality yeah. and really have a bit more of a collaborative effort and showcase people's strengths. The ground hunters, for example, do not just follow the leads which HQ send them. No, they get their own. They get their own. They're on the ground. They're asking questions. They really do a lot of hard yards. Mm -hmm. Likewise, the HQ team are not just there to analyse data and go through a massive list of self-site analysis. Yeah. They're all capable of doing this big job. And I think it's it's really, really well done in the capture of Ricky Allen. I am disappointed though. I thought like Ricky Allen would have done more and, and got on to yeah. win it. And I genuinely think that had he not made those two decisions, you, you're bound to fuck up at some point. Mm. And we can't run away from the fact that Leaving the phone behind is, is I not... Think, that's, I think sending the messages in the first place is where it starts. Yeah, I don't necessarily think leaving the phone behind is a bit of a fuck-up because that's him having a little bit of a, yeah. a, a fuck-you to them yeah. and having a, and toying with them and trying to get into their mental head. But leaving the car next to the phone box, that's an error. Yeah. Lee, if you're going to identify a phone box, right... You you've identified where one is mm. in Mansfield, um. Like, I know there's a park that you can walk through with parking on either side where yeah. there's no CCTV cameras, so that will be able to get you 
yeah. out and away. It will not reveal your ace card. That is That car is his ace card. He knows yeah. he's potentially going to have to do a burnout on it at some point, but that's his ace card. And what he's done is made a basic error and given it away cheaply. Yeah. And then the second thing is, and I guess this is, you know, where you need to praise the hunters and, and give them um, a round of applause. And that is um the fact that the media campaign definitely gets under his skin and really gets into his psyche oh, properly annoys him yeah he hates that they've done that but what he should do as a person at that point is he shouldn't let it get to him yeah he should think more rationally and what he does is i think the the big mistake is obviously is getting in his mate's car yeah he thinks it's safe and that it's not going to be tracked but he shouldn't take that risk no. He should go on foot or he should get dropped at some point and then go to another train station. You don't need to get the train from a big transport hub. Go to a train station that it passes yeah. through. Yeah. Go to a diversion. Go to somewhere with less... All right, it's going to have CCTV, but less chance of you getting spotted there and less a less obvious place. Yeah. Especially if, you know, there's um media out on you yeah you know that they're you know and potentially that you'll be you're being seen make them think you're going to the end destination yeah play tricks leave curveballs yeah always look over your shoulder and always always double back and um if possible change what you're wearing wear something yeah. you know where when you get when that. you get on train one that you, you make them think that you're going to the end destination, wear something maybe like a yellow t-shirt or a red hat or something that's noticeable. Not going to make you stand out. Yeah. Or have it as something that makes you stand out so they know that you're on that train. Yeah. But then whilst on that train, because trains have toilets. Yeah. We don't like to use them because of the doors. But... Trains have toilets. Go and get changed. Put something black on. As a male, take an electric razor with you. Yeah. As a female, put your hair up. Or if you start with it up, put it down. Put a hat on. Take a hat off. Do things to disguise yourself. Yeah. Always leave curveballs. Always take those extra steps to move away. And one thing on a train is there'll always be someone that wants to make a quick book. Yeah. Find someone on that train, right? We're talking about Rick, uh, a guy here who is what in his mid fifties, um, tall build but sl yeah. slimish build. Yeah. There will be people on that train that are tall, slightly older. Bung them a few quid. Mm -hmm. Say, do you fancy having a little bit of a laugh? Can we swap clothes? Yeah. It might seem weird. Even if it's just your coat and your hat. Yeah. Give them your coat and hat. Yeah. Have have spares. Yeah. Put spare clothes in, not your chocolate and your whiskey. So essentially, essentially, what he could do is he could swap clothes with somebody. Yeah. That person gets off at London Euston mm. and falls into the hunter's trap. Yeah. And he gets off at Milton Keynes, mm. disguised as, you know, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Jefferson. Yeah. And off he toddles and away yeah. on his venture and continues the run. Because then... You've got them at 
Euston catching the fake Ricky. Yeah. They've then got to go through the CCTV from all of the other stations mm. and find out which station station you got back you got off at. Yeah. So you've got a couple of hours there to get yourself gone. And with all the things that he did with the Bothy and pissing them off, mm. I'd have thought that he'd have done something like that. Yeah. But it's clear that tiredness yeah. and that campaign has rattled him so mm -hmm. much that he just can't do it. Yeah. Case in point of being able to trick the hunters and buy yourself time, I think we might see it in I think it might be series two. Nick. Yes. The grey man or the, the great man. man. We've discussed him on an episode previously. Go back and listen to it um, if you want. But at the end of episode three, Dr. Ricky George Allen has walked into the hands of Ben Owen, who says, your time on the run is over, my friends. And that's it, he's out of the game. So I think out of the, all the, the three fugitive pairs that we've seen captured so far, mm -hmm. I think Ricky Allen is the one who you've got to take your, your hat off to and yeah. you've got to congratulate him for a, a brilliant journey. And if it wasn't for one or two minute decisions, he'd have carried on in that game. And I think he's, even though it's episode three, gets taken out in episode three, last basically two weeks on the run, I think he makes the show what it is. And we'll definitely have to do another, a full profile show on him in the future. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's out of the game and... That's it. So, Ricky, well done on a fantastic game. Swoosh noise! Swoosh! I'm going to roughly approaching 7.30 on this Wednesday morning. Let's have a look at the local news headlines. A team of crack investigators are hunting a fugitive believed to be holed up in a Highland Bothy. Former detective and ex at Scotland Yard sleuth Peter Blexley is on a call with Kent DP trying to evade capture. Wanda's now forces for Ricky's 55s have been issued, but £250 rewards been offered for information that leads to them being traced. Mr Blexley said Ricky's proven a very tricky customer, which is hard and bad resolve to find him. Please let him approach or apprehend him. Presumably this bulletin will come on every um, hour or so, so it's rather changed the, uh, the game slightly. Doubt that the public would hand me in. For 250 quid, surely someone wouldn't do that. We are looking for a person, a fugitive, so please give us a call if you, if you see him. There is a 250 pound reward. <laughs> oh, 250 quid, I'll have a prepared cups at the end of the Unsettled by the hunter's attempts to turn the public against him, Ricky has decided to leave Scotland and head south. Hello, Mike, it's Ricky here. Would you do me a huge favour? Believing the hunters are monitoring his home phone, Ricky's calling an old friend to give his wife a message. Would you ask her, please, by, by tomorrow evening, to have left £150 in an envelope underneath the lawnmower in the log shed? Ricky's pay-as-you-go phone, which the hunters took from the Bothy, now arrives at HQ. Having read Ricky's texts and found numbers for his contacts, the cyber team have what they need to infiltrate Ricky's network of friends. We need to be very careful with just how much we put out to begin with. His speech is so terse. It is. It's so abrupt. I think we could craft something short and punchy that would just make people believe. Psychologically, uh, I do not give up uh, desperately easily, and I hate to be beaten. If I were to be caught, I would be very disappointed with myself, especially if it were due to a foolish mistake or miscalculation. We got a peculiar text. Did you send us a text? Saying? Something along the lines of... Uh, all, old, all, all old phones are done 
use this one. Ah. So that was sent to Christine's phone uh, and said to her, Ricky would be sent to her. No, no, obviously, it's them. I don't really trust anybody at the moment. I don't really trust anybody at the moment. I think that's what happens. You don't trust anybody. Ricky's habit of using phone boxes has caught up with him. Three days ago, he made a call to a contact whose phone was being monitored by HQ. They have now obtained CCTV from the premises. It gives them a crucial piece of information. The registration number of Ricky's car. The key bit today is just trying to find out where that Peugeot is. Do we all sort of theorise that Dr. Allen's probably got that Peugeot and he's using that to dot around? He might not be with it all the time, but park it somewhere and hide it up almost. Unknown to Ricky, his car is now a liability. The hunters can track it on main roads and motorways throughout the UK using a network of number plate recognition cameras. And if Ricky plans to hide from the cameras using back roads, the hunters have another weapon at their disposal. Also in our arsenal are mobile APR devices. These can be fitted to police vehicles or onto bridges or onto the side of the road in any location we want to monitor. Before making a break for the border, he decides to pay a last visit to his friends, Drew and Christine. Have you ever been listening to Nevis Radio? There's a 250 pound hold on my head. They're saying he's wanted, it's a fugitive, Dr. Ricky Allen. That's awful, isn't it? I saw pictures of you, was it on Twitter? I just can't believe this. They must be desperate, mustn't they? This, this is certainly a brilliant way of flushing me out. <laughs> what are you going to do now, isn't it? Going to hike up across the top, down to Queen Lara, and get a train. Well, why would I take you? I'll take you down to Edinburgh and get a train down there. OK, yeah, that'd be great. New information, West Mike 8, Junction 16. He's basically in Glasgow now. Right, so can you come off and start going to central Glasgow, north of the river? We have positive sighting <gasps> of your, oh your fugitive at Glasgow Central train station at 1425 today. That's him waiting at the station. So you can see him quite clearly here. How far away are you? Two and a half miles. OK, brilliant. We've asked for um, platform information, CCTV, etc. The hunters missed the train by a matter of minutes. Ricky gets away. London Euston, on the train to London. I'm kind of puzzled as to what his current state of mind must be, because really, taking a train from Glasgow to London, bearing in mind how close we'd got to him, I would think he would think that it was an obvious given that we'd be able to find him, trace him and track him down to London. It was actually my intention to go to Milton Keynes. I have a contact, Liam, who works there. I simply don't know who to trust now. I really don't know what to do. I'm just tempted to stay on this train now and take my chances. OK, guys, ready to listen in. So we're going to head towards London Euston. The train is due in at 20.30. The plan at the moment is for me to cover the platform. John, if you can cover the tube, which is in the centre concourse. Steve, if you can cover the front exit, wherever's best for cover. David and Julie will be in the main concourse. Stacey, if you can cover to the east, if there's any foot exits, just cover that off. We've also got a hunter team coming in. We're going to liaise with you directly. Both of the fugitive. Keep eyes on all the exits. Dr. Allen, come on, don't run. Your time on the run is over, my friend. OK, can you just follow me? We want to go out of the station in a quiet area. There's lots of armed police about. We don't want to cause any aggro. Can you hear me, boss? Loud and clear. As you can see, Dr. Allen is now under arrest. 1-0 to the dimwits. 1-0 to the dimwits. my friend. You say we deserve that. He led us a merry dance. Clever but not clever enough. No matter how much you spoil someone, 
you can't get into their heads. And if it's a true free spirit, there's nothing they can do about it. They can watch and watch and watch, but you're still a free spirit. Right, so Ricky's out of the game. Who have we got left at this point that we've seen on screen? Um, we've got Stephen and Martin and Emily and Lauren. Emily and Lauren are now solo runners. Stephen yeah. and Martin are two days in on their own. Mm. Surely in in episode four, we're going to get some more fugitives. We've got to. I'm looking forward to being able to talk about more people yes. next week and seeing different people and seeing what and, and seeing what happens. As always, though, we want your comments, your questions, your opinions, anything you want to talk about hunted wise. Please do get in touch, even if it's letting us know your thoughts on where Ricky Allen did well and didn't do well. We're more than happy to go back and talk about him. So uh, please do get in touch via all of the usual methods. Twitter at Hunted Pod, Instagram at Hunted Pod, Facebook Hunted Pod, Threads Hunted Pod, uh, or email huntedpod at outlook.com. Yes, please do. And of course, if you want to uh, get involved on the old um, on the old text message front or WhatsApp, you can do that. We really want to hear some of your thoughts, so please do get in touch um, with that. Remind us of that number, if you please. That number is 07907038211. Absolutely, uh, please do. Add us to your contacts, get in touch, and we'll hopefully play some of them on the show next week. For now, though, that's all we've got time for. So all that's left to say is... Your time on the pod is over. Were you waiting for me to say it? You thought I was going to say it. I'm saying it now. Yeah, I'm giving it to you. Your time on the pod is over. You have been hunted down. We'll see you next week on a Hunted Podcast where hopefully some more fugitives will enter the game. Goodbye. Bye. Try to play, but you're never gonna beat me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me. Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me. People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy. You don't wanna be fast asleep when they scheme. Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me. When they try the chains, you can say no, free me. 